Welcome to today's Pastor's Roundtable, where we'll discuss Sunday's sermon. Well, that was well, hey, awesome. That was, awesome. that was hilarious. Oh, yes. my goodness. Unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Did you see that? I did. What I, I did. About? I did. Uh, I they, they were so the, fast. The, they were so fast. Yes. Was going yeah, the anyway, US anyway, you go ahead. Yeah, you go right, ahead. You go. Well, hey, guys. Welcome to Facebook Live. We're so glad you're here. And I am personally glad to be here. I I have missed you. Welcome guys. back, Chris. I know. Welcome back know. to Facebook Live. Tell everyone we're yeah. glad. To yeah. See everyone yeah. online, they're posting right Everybody. now. They are. Everybody. They are. It's good to be back. Uh, yeah. Scully so back. It's it. Yeah. On the Facebook Live. Indeed. I know. But I know. We have a lot Pastor to talk about. Round table. Let's let's get into a lot of time about. So I don't want to waste time with funny questions. Well, we do have some questions. But, I, but let me, I just want to say, oh, go ahead. Oh, please. Before you please. ask these questions. Yes. Rob was on fire Sunday, preaching some gospel, gospel truth, man. Uh, here's some gospel, gospel truth. Awesome. Awesome. We all know what you mean. What did I say? I don't know. We know what you mean. Awesome. Gospel truth. Go ahead. Well, I have like three quotes that were tweetable. If I tweeted, I would tweet these. Okay. You ready? Uh, you are the workers. You are who we are praying for. I wrote that down. Okay. I don't know if you said that. Yeah. But hey, Northwest Family Mission. This is a, this is what parents should be praying for. <laughs> Pray for my children. Here am I. Send me. Well, That's good. that was good. Yeah. You said that. That's good. Uh, anyway, sorry. It was good. What's good Sunday. Uh, where is Northwest going on mission? Everywhere. Very good. Everywhere. It's good. Not just our neighborhoods and marketplaces across the world, the whole universe. That's good. That's good. All right. Anyway, sorry. So here's some questions from uh, Sunday people send in through the connection card. What is the most common thing that you have never done? So this. They want well, to ask you to diagram this question. So, what is the most common? the most common thing that you have never? I think it could done. be rephrased. Okay. What have you never done that is common to other people? Oh, yeah. So, oh, what is yeah. what is most what is normal for other people that you've may have never done? So, hmm. uh, uh, I don't never done. I can't say never then. Hmm. So, I often don't eat fast food. Oh, really? No, I don't eat a lot of fast food. Good, healthy man. So, but I, not lately. It's been a rough six weeks. Yeah, yeah. but uh, eat whatever I can. But that's yeah. I mean that's never though. It was not a never. It's common. Yeah, right. right. Um, common hmm. thing that you've never done that other people do. Yeah, I <laughs> tweet. Yeah, there you go. You've never tweeted? I don't think I've ever seen that tweet. Ever tweeted. I started it. See, that helps me. I started Instagram. Oh, yeah. No Instagram. No Instagram. Yeah. 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 To see, my, 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 I have teenagers. They're on Instagram. Yeah. My wife does it. I have. I have not. I, I just don't I, feel like I Instagram is for me. I don't I do have Instagram. I've never so. changed the oil in my car. Oh. I've never done that. Is that, that's kind okay. of common. It's common. Some people do that or at least have done it. I've. Never right. change the world. Someone right. on Facebook might try to take your man car. I would love for someone to teach me how to do that. I can teach you. If someone would teach me, I would. You know, I would do there it. was a day at a time when that. It's like 40 a, bucks, man. Know, I changed it. I know. It's a lot of money. Be surprised how much work. All right. Anyway, next, next question. question is Who is the best basketball player at NWBC? That's easy. Mauricio. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Mauricio's good. 
Um, he runs a pretty. Is it on lead. staff or anybody yeah. at Northwest? It's anyone at Northwest. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would say right now in the gym, the person who runs the gym is uh, is a kid from Northwest class, and his uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, is he part of the club? He's a, he's a sophomore going to. Is he? No. No. Israel Braxton. Who, no. Um, what's his name? I, I've forgotten his name. Goes, we can't speak his name because he's a student. Yeah. yeah. So, so Izzy's so, over eighteen. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Izzy's good, but uh, this kid is is real good, real good. Uh, uh, so probably uh, I can't say his name. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Am I lying? All right. So good question. This is a good question. Come on Tuesday nights if you want to find out. He's, this yeah. guy's pretty good. You know, he, he, He's he, being humble. He can rebound. All right. Um, anyway, Kyle, go ahead. Well, so uh, we continued the Christ Center Church um, series this this weekend, and it was on mission. On mission was the topic. Uh, we looked at Luke 10, and um, verses 1 through 12. And uh, this is about, this is the account of Jesus sending out the 72. And he chose the 72. He sends them out. Um, if you're not familiar with this passage, I know, I know many of you are. But if you're not familiar with this passage, it's, it's really very interesting. Um, there's a lot we can learn from this. Uh, one of the questions that, that I had as I was looking at this, kind of giving it a look over, um, it, right at the very beginning, I want to ask you guys about this. Um, and this is this is pretty. This is something that that is pointed out. It's pretty obvious. But he sends them out in twos. Mm-hmm. Sends them out in pairs. Right. What? And this is a practice that is followed. I think that's modeled from this. What? What do you think the significance? Why? Why? Why did Christ do this? Why do you think he chose to send them out in, in pairs? In pairs. Not in threes, fours. Well, um, any, anything. Well, why, why, then, why did he send them out? Now, he was sending them out, uh, sure. just to give a little context, he was, he, said, he was sending them out to places where he would be going mm-hmm. ahead, ahead of time. And, he, and they had a message. We're going to talk a little bit about that to come. But, uh, they had a message to, to give. Um, what's the significance of, of being sent in pairs? Well, I think any time that you're walking the Christian life, whether you are going on mission or you're not, you need other people to encourage you. There has to be encouragement. That's why the church is such a beautiful thing, because you have brothers and sisters in Christ who are encouraging you to walk with Jesus. You also need someone to walk with you in life when you're down, when you're low, when you're sick, when you're happy, when you're sad. All these times in your life, you need community. You need somebody to walk with you. And And accountability. And you are really... If you're on a mission, you are going into dark places and you need somebody to be be strong with you so that you are actually the one shining light and they're not you know, influencing you. I wonder how much of it had to do with some of the practical Safety. things. You're going into these homes and you're asking to be received and uh, if you take a big party, maybe. Now, some of the cultural context may not translate here and how hospitality is received in different parts of the this area but you just wonder how how easy it human is human nature is human nature right so, so it, maybe it's easier uh in a cultural setting to to welcome in uh 
True. Two, two True. instead of multiple. I don't know. That, that, that's probably overanalyzing that element. Uh, but, uh, but obviously the accountability, the, the community, the camaraderie, working together, I think it is central to that. But, you know, also um, being able to be housed in places. And you know, I mean, just having you guys uh, talk through this, kind of process this out loud, um, it makes me think, and I, I didn't think of this ahead of time, but um, anytime you ever try to accomplish a goal, if you've ever tried to accomplish it alone, it's, it can almost be next to impossible. Yeah. But when you join arms with a fellow brother or with a family member, if right. that's the case, um, then it's really attainable. Yeah, it's attainable. Whereas if, if, if you go it alone, and, and uh, of course with, with the Lord and with, with someone else, you know, there's power in that. So Christ said, actually Christ made the, the point, he said, I'm sending you out among the wolves. Um, he obviously didn't mean that literally. Um, and so I wonder if they expected him to say that, you know, this had to be, they were chosen by Christ. He was, he was quite the leader. Mm -hmm. He was obviously very, at this moment, this was kind of a big moment. He chose them, he gathered them, and he was sending them out. This was probably pretty climactic. Mm -hmm. um, and then he says, you know, I'm sending you out, and I'm going, you're going to be sent out, and you're going to encounter, um, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. I wonder what that felt like, and I wonder how they received that, and what do you think? for Christ, what do you think was behind that? Well, I think it's interesting, you know, Jesus' ministry is only three years. And oftentimes we think of ourselves as, you know, 10-year-old Christians, 12-year-old Christians, 15-year-old Christians, 20-year-old Christians. And these these are baby lambs. They're, they are new to Christ, they are new to the gospel, they are new to understanding who Christ is and what he's done. And he's sending them out as new converts, as new followers of Christ. And so the the reality is, is that these people that are being sent out are not, you know, they're not seminary trained, uh, six years in ministry, pastoral staff, you know, type people. These are regular people that have followed Jesus for a little while. Mm -hmm. And um, the reality is, is that the world is, is not easy. The world in which we live in, when we go to proclaim the gospel, um, you're going to, you're going to encounter persecution. You're going to encounter failure and you're going to encounter opposition. So let me interrupt. Yeah. So here in America, obviously all over the world, there, there's something we call a persecuted church. Sure. So just stepping back from that right now, here in the United States, here in the States, what, what's a, what, are, what are common ways that we could experience persecution? Um, uh, lots of different ways. I mean, maybe fairly obvious. Yeah, I think some soft persecution is, is uh, losing a position on a sports team because you're not willing to to give of that much time. I read an article the other day, a US women's team member 
Um, she refused to uh, wear um, a, a gay pride uh, jersey for one of their games, and she didn't make the World Cup team. And uh, as a believer, she said, "I, you know, I love gay people, but I'm not going to promote that." And uh, she said, "I'm a believer in Christ. I'm standing on the Word of God." And as a result, she was not able to play on the U.S. women's soccer team. Which, again, that's pretty pretty good persecution. She wasn't there. being harsh toward people. She no. just said, "I'm not going to promote that." Right. I'm not going to promote that. Yeah. I mean, that's probably your biggest your mm-hmm. biggest thing right now is is um, understanding like you know what the Word of God says and standing on that these major cultural issues of our day, mm-hmm. um, you are going to receive persecution for that. So Jesus said, um, I have a message that I want you to share. The message is uh, for both those who will receive you and for those who will reject you. This is the message I want you to share. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Some, inter- some translations say the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, this is obviously a big topic. This could, volumes have been written, sermons have been preached. Um, what do you think Jesus, simply put, what do you think Jesus was saying? The kingdom of heaven is near. What do you, what do you think he was talking about? I think he was declaring his deity. I think he was declaring who he is uh, and that uh, his presence, his his inauguration into this uh, time is de- de- declaring his rule and reign. Uh, so simply, I mean, as simply put as possible. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the kingdom of God has come near to you. The rule and reign of Christ has come near to you. And you can see this, this rule and reign of Christ in this also if you continue reading, it talks about, um, I saw Satan fall from lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. There is this thought process of the rule and reign of Christ and the authority of Christ and his coming is overtaking the prince and power of the air, the authority of the, of the enemy. And Really, that's what Christ does is he stomps on the head of Satan by giving up his life so that we could experience the kingdom of heaven moving from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Okay. And so this understanding of the kingdom of of heaven is coming here. It's coming near to you. Christ is here. And actually, you are hearing for the first time that you can come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Okay. That, so, go ahead. So, the gospel. It is yeah, the gospel. It's, it's the gospel. It, and in Christ is the king. It's about Christ. It's about Christ. It's the about king. Christ. Yeah. So, we've talked a lot about the individual. We've talked about the believer, the person that's giving the message. Our series is about the church. Right. So, bringing it back to the work of the church how do we how do we realize or how do we as how do we 
conceptually understand that Christianity is not just about what I'm doing, what my ministry is, what I do today, what I choose to do, but that I'm a part of a larger picture. I'm a part of the church, the body. Mm-hmm. And how does that fit into what's going on here? Well, I think that the, the church is, is God's people who are assembled together to be sent out into the world. I mean, the, the church, if, if the only reason for the church is to assemble, then they've missed the point of, of assembly. The assembly is a portion of the church, but the church must move. Christ says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. One of my, the, the greatest illustrations that I've ever heard. And the gate is stationary. The gates of hell are right in your neighborhood at your back door where there is lostness, where people are dying and going to hell. And the church is barging through the gates and pulling people out of hell and reaching down into lostness and saying, Christ has rescued you. Come and follow Jesus. And they come and follow Jesus and go and rescue others. And the thought process that the church is stationary, the thought process that the church just is here for the assembly is a misnomer. The church is here for you is a misnomer. The church is not here for you. You are here for the church. Okay, so for you those are here for Christ. For those that have stayed with us this long, yeah. uh, let me ask you this. So I think all of us can be tempted in this way. This right. is not a judgmental statement. I'm not trying to critique any of us, okay? We've all been tempted this way. Um, We've heard it said, maybe sometimes we've said it ourselves. Um, you know, I, you know, maybe maybe it's said, I don't need the church to do good works for the Lord or to, to have a ministry. I don't need to be a part of the church to do the Lord's work, to have a ministry, to go out and share. I can be sent out by God. Why do we need the church to be sent out by God? What, what's the connection? Why? Well, first, I think the number one thing is that's opposite what Scripture says. I mean, it, uh, all of the, the teachings of Jesus all through the New Testament, it shapes uh, the, the power of the community, mm-hmm. the power of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, and what that means. And, uh, and, and we are, according to what Paul talks about, parts of the body of Christ. And each of us working together gives us the ability to... Uh, have the gates of hell not prevail. Okay. And so when we are operating in unity, uh, which is what Jesus prayed at the last of his prayers, is pray, you know, pray for these things, but pray most of all for those who belong to me to be one, is for that unification of the body in order to be empowered by God. And so when we try to operate in isolation mm-hmm. and in segregation, we are removing the anointing of the Holy Spirit and operating through us as a body of Christ. And so, and that's what the scriptures teach. And so, uh, and that's where I, it may go back to that. First, it may go back to that pair the being us and out in two. Yeah. You know, first Corinthians. Yeah. And, and, and the 72, I mean, you have to, you have to do the two plus the 72. True. Again, the 72 gathered together, they're mm-hmm. sent out and then they regather together. That's true. At the end, after they're sent out, they regather and they celebrate with one another. Here's the deal. 
would it be possible if each individual just said, oh, I'm going to be doing this? No, it was the gathering together under the lordship of Christ, right? which is the church. He's the head of the church. You gather together and you send out. There's way more power in that. Lots of different people have different giftings and different abilities. Absolutely. You cannot accomplish, just like you said at the beginning, you cannot accomplish the things that God desires for his church to accomplish without the body of Christ doing it together. Mm -hmm. On my own, I would be able to accomplish some things, but they would be small in comparison with what I would be able to accomplish with you and you doing it together. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a purpose. There's a question you asked in there, and then I'll wrap up with this about what does this mean for the church? And, and I think we're hearing that, but ultimately what it does for the individual and being a part of the body and really understanding Luke 10 and what Jesus is doing here is it gives us individually a greater purpose than that goes way beyond our own capabilities. It gives us purpose and a, and a commissioning and it, begin, it helps us to shape our reality. My career, my family, my friendships, my community, the neighborhood I live in, it, it then begins to give me a worldview with a greater kingdom purpose when I begin to understand the scriptures through that lens. And so with that, it changes my motivation for money and making money. It changes my motivation for raising children. It changes my motivation. It, it all goes from um, self-centric to kingdom centric right. and it, it, it and it lines us up with what God originally intended for all humanity uh, so anyway, those are answering that question I wanted to go back to that but uh, anything else before we say bye to Facebook I mean and, and, and you're you're saying what we what go back to God's design and reality is is that God's design was uh, we work in the garden we walk with God Mm-hmm. We work in the garden, we walk with God. And the, the, the design that he wants his people to do is to work and walk with God. And those that are not walking with God to see Christ and understand how they can walk with God. So it's very interesting stuff. Well, good. You guys be on mission this week as we've challenged mission. Uh, everyone this Sunday uh, to pray. And watch for God to work around you. Thank you guys for joining us. See you all later. See you later. All right. See you.